0: You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. God's grace teaches us to say no to sin and yes to a pure life. Know more in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We're talking about grace. Now, how many of you need grace every single day? Can you please raise your hand? We all need grace, right? We love the concept of grace. We like hearing grace. We like receiving grace from God. But what is our objective? And we, we want to be able to teach you on having the proper understanding of God's grace and its outworking and in our lives, resulting in a life of purity. Everybody say purity, purity. Productivity. productivity, and generosity. generosity. Okay. The reason why we've uh, we've uh, entitled this series uh, "Proof" is because there is actually a proof of grace that we can actually see in the life of people. And so I'd like to just talk about this a little bit. This is actually the the, the verse for the whole series. It's found in Acts chapter 11, verse 23. It's a story of uh, Barnabas. Basically, when Stephen was martyred, the believers in Jerusalem were scattered all across Asia Minor. And wherever they go, there they were. No, no. Wherever they go, they actually brought with them the message of the gospel. And they started talking about their faith. They started giving testimony uh, about their relationship with the Lord Jesus, and people started getting saved. And um, you know, when the the church in Jerusalem heard about what's happening, particularly in the city of Antioch, they sent Barnabas to check out if what they heard was real. If the revival that they have been hearing uh, that's happening in that particular city was real. And so this is where we pick up from the story. It says, When he arrived, this was Barnabas. He's one of the fathers of the early church. And he said, And when he arrived, he saw the what? The evidence of the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Now, when you talk about grace, you know I realize that, based on this uh, verse or this text, grace is not just that nice, mushy feeling that you have. You know, I love the grace of God. You know, it's not just that soft feeling of grace. There is an evidence of grace in our lives. Amen. You can actually see it. Almost, you can almost touch it. You can actually have, you know, a, a taste of it in the, in your five senses. The Bible says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." You can actually have, you know, you have you have the evidence of grace. That's why we've entitled this series proof. Proof basically means evidence, okay, traces, verification, substantiation, testimony, affirmation and attestation. Okay? So my question for us today is, do you exact do you see some evidence or fruit or proof of the grace of God in your life. Look at the person beside you. Tignan mo. mo. Mukha bang may grace or disgrace? <laughs> gracious na gracious this afternoon despite the rainy weather and despite the fact that you had a hard time parking. How many of you know that it's the grace of God? Yan. Meeting in a mall requires God's grace. Okay. Now, when you talk about grace, this is just a review for us. Grace, what's the definition of grace? Grace is an unmerited favor from God. The fact that you call it unmerited, it means that we do not not deserve it. Right? We did not work for it, and yet we receive it. How many of you received something from the Lord that you did not work for? Can you please raise your hand? That is the grace of God. How many of you married a beautiful wife? That is the grace of God. You did not deserve it. <laughs> I am a recipient of the grace of God in my life. An unmerited favor from the Lord. How many students do we have in this place? Can you please raise your hand. Wow, wow. Excited, Kayo. I hope that you're always excited in class, okay? Now, how many of you know for the most part, whatever you get in your grades is what you deserve? Right? If you studied for the exam and you get a passing score, you deserve that grade, right? How many of you agree with me on that? If you're always there in class, you know, attending and um, you know participating in the recitation, you probably deserve the grace the grade of 90 or maybe 85 in your in your class. But think with me for a moment. What if a student does not even go to class? Does not review for tests, he'd always miss the recitation in fact he would take the test you know one time long and then he gets a zero for his grade in the test and at the end of the semester the teacher would give him the grade of 100 <laughs> he would watch you know all day long you know just you know play videos all day long would we'll go to Net- netopia all day long and he would receive a hundred in, in his semester. How many of you know that? that is the grace of God? How many of you would agree with that he does not deserve that grade? Yes, right? That is what the grace is all about. Unmerited. You did not deserve it. You did not work for it. Yet, you have it. You get it. Now, how many of you look at your life and you probably say, Oh, I don't deserve it. What I'm what I have right now, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve this good life. How many of you believe that you have a good life? We have a good life. Pastor eh. You still have a good life. How many of you woke up this morning? Some people did not. How many of you know that is the grace of God? Amen. You know just a review last week, we talked about John chapter 1, and you know, John chapter 1 verse 16 says, that from the fullness of His grace, we receive one blessing after another. That's the grace of God. Hindi pa tapos yung blessing mo, may parating na naman blessing. Hindi pa tapos yung isang blessing, may blessing na naman, may blessing na naman, may blessing that's the grace of God. Blessing upon, blessing upon, blessing one after another. Amen. And when you talk about the blessing of God, it's not just about money. Sometimes you just, you know, we put blessing in a box. If you have money in your account, I am blessed. If I don't have money, I don't have blessings of God. Guess what? Blessing is more than money. It's about a healthy life. It's about having relationships. It's about having a family. It's about, you know, being you know being able to stand up and, you know, enjoy the, the goodness of God. And, you know, being able to talk to people, you know, without having any fear, without having any guilt. Grace is actually just the fact that we are saved. And we're heaven bound? That's the grace of God. How many of you know exactly for sure that you are going to heaven when you die? Can you please raise your hand? That's the grace of God. How many of you would like to go to heaven? Please raise your hand. How many of you would like to die? Or how will you go to heaven? Another definition, specific definition of grace is unmerited divine assistance given to man for his what? Redemption or sanctification. Yes, we receive an unmerited favor from God when we got saved. But guess what? It's not just about beginning this walk with grace. Even until the very end of our life, we will always depend on the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Now, my question for us this afternoon is do you see the evidence or proof of God's grace in your life? Think about that for a moment. It's something to celebrate every day. We come here, yeah. The reason why we're coming every you know weekend here is to celebrate the risen king. You know, the fact that we are you know able to worship in a free country. We're able to, you know, lift up our hands and shout hallelujah, and open up our Bibles, even in the public place. Do you know that that is a blessing from the Lord? Some countries cannot even do what we're doing here. That's the evidence, the grace of God happening all over us. Not only in our personal life, but even in our family, in our city, in the nation that we have. Despite the fact that we all, you know, we all have this, you know, pidaf and. Mrs. J, and you know, you know, we have yeah, that's 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 true. But I believe that God is working something in our nation. I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me, and we're gonna be reading from the book of Titus, chapter two. We're just gonna read four verses this afternoon. Titus chapter two. In fact, if you have a Bible, you can open to the book of Titus. That's after Timothy. If you don't know where Timothy is, it's after Thessalonians. If you don't know Thessalonians, that's somewhere in your Bible, in the New Testament, okay? You just go towards the end before Revelation, you'll find it there. Okay, Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11 to 14, it says, For the grace of God that brings what? Salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say what? No "No to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives, In this present age, while we wait, while we wait for the glorious, for, for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to what? To purify for himself a people that are his very own. Let's read these last few words. Eager to do what is good. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our time this afternoon, Lord, we thank you that indeed your grace has been showed to, shown to us as a people, God. We are recipients of your grace. And even as that song would say, Lord, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me and all of us here can actually sing that sweet word, Lord God, those sweet words. We thank you, Lord God, for your abundant grace and love for every one of us. We commit to you this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may all be seated. Now, to give you a short background of uh, the story of Titus, basically, uh, the author of Titus was Timothy, was Paul, okay? And uh, Titus was a spiritual son of the Apostle Paul. Similar to Timothy, basically both of them were young pastors. And the Apostle Paul basically left, if you're going to be reading, it's a short book, if you're going to be reading it, I encourage you to read it tonight. Uh, You'll find out that in chapter 1, the Apostle Paul left Titus in Crete, it's actually a, uh, an island south of Patmos where the uh, Apostle John received uh, the book of Revelation from the Lord. And so it's the southernmost part of uh, a southern island at the bottom of Patmos. And in Crete, it was said that many of the people in Crete were like, you know, they're liars, they're brute beasts, and they are lazy gluttons. Now, how many of you know people like that—liars, lazy gluttons, tamad na pa, Or brute beast? Okay, we know people like that. So, you know, the Apostle Paul was talking to to, uh, to Titus, and he was saying, you know, deal with these people. You know, but you know, uh, the the beginning, the, the very purpose of his letter was, you know, I'm writing to you because I want you to start appointing elders and leaders and start choosing pastors in your church so that. They will help you disciple these people. Now, there are two issues in the church. One, you'll find that in Titus chapter 1, verse 10, that there are false teachers. They're trying to mix the law and the grace of God. They're actually trying to push the Jewish law, the Mosaic law. And they're saying that you need to, you know, you need to attain your salvation. And yeah, you can receive the grace of God, but you need to do this, do this, do this. And so, the Apostle Paul is addressing that. That's one extreme. And on the other hand, in Titus chapter 2, the verse that we have read is he was addressing also an issue among the Gentile believers because, yes, they have given their life to the Lord, but somehow they are living licentious lives. And so, there are two extreme mindsets that we can see here in the book of Titus. Okay, Two mindsets when you talk about the grace of God. Okay, First mindset is a legalistic mindset or legalism. Everybody say legalism. Okay, we're going to talk about this in a while, okay? And licentiousness. Everybody say licentiousness. Spell licentiousness. Okay, <laughs> Now, what's legalism? Legalism basically is a strict and excessive improper use or adherence to the law. Basically, you're... Looking at the law as a way or as a means of salvation, you're looking at the law as a way to attain your salvation, and even as Christians, sometimes you can actually be legalistic. How many of you sometimes, you know, encounter people like that? Di ba mga legalistic people? Have you ever encountered legalistic people like that? Di You know, Dito ka umupo. Read your Bible five chapters a day. Yan di Nothing wrong with reading your Bible as long as you don't put it as a yoke on the people. Are you here with me this afternoon? I mean, we need to read and pray. We teach you that. Read and pray. We, we we love attending the worship services. But if you think that you can actually maintain your salvation, now that you got your salvation for free, but if you think that you can maintain your salvation by doing good works, guess what? We started this thing by the grace of God, we're going to end this thing by the grace of God. Amen. Look at the person beside you. And tell that person, wag kang legalistic. That's one extreme. But the other extreme, okay, let's not read this. Let's skip the Galatians uh, chapter 3. The other extreme is licentiousness. Everybody say licentiousness. So, on one hand, you see a person who looks at the law and gets his approval by obeying the law. He gets his, you know, uh, so called poggy points or thinking that, you know, God will accept me if I obey the law or God will give me favor if I obey the law. Guess what? The moment you think that you deserve the blessing of God, it ceases to be called grace. The moment you start comparing yourself with another person, Lord, bakit siya? Mas blessed siya. Eh, mas matagal ako mag-pray sa kanya. Mas maaga ako mag-attend service sa kanya. Siya, lagi siyang late. Nami-miss siya yung praise and worship. Ako, lagi dito ako. Before the prayer meeting, andito na ako. And so on and so forth. The moment you start thinking that way, it ceases to become grace. It now becomes merit. It now becomes, I am better than you. It now becomes, I deserve to be blessed more than you. Because you are not committed as a Christian. And not only that, compromising ka Are we here this afternoon? I am just injecting some truth of God's word when it comes to the grace of God. But yet, on the other hand, the licentious people are saying, you don't have to obey the law. You can do whatever you want because God loves you and God forgives. And this is an excessive indulgence of liberty. That is what licentiousness is all about. You know, you think that it's okay for us to sin and live however you want. Anyway, the grace of God and the forgiveness of God and the blood of Jesus covers us all. Yes, that's, that may be true. There's no amount of sin that the blood of Christ cannot ever forgive. But if you have this mentality and this mindset, guess what? I, I doubt if you are really saved. I doubt if you understand the concept of salvation and the grace of God. Because Jesus paid his own, his, his, our salvation by His own blood and by His own life. An example of licentious, how many of you are familiar with EDSA? How many of you have passed EDSA at least once in your life? You know, all of us are familiar with EDSA, right? You know, it's a busy intersection. And MMDA is trying their best not to, you know, not to let people cross across EDSA or even C5. How many of you have seen some people trying to cross EDSA? They're very. I don't know, they're, they love risks, okay? So MMDA would try to put signs, okay? Like, like this sign, okay? What does this mean? No jaywalking, okay? But then for some people they don't understand what that means. I know you no posing <laughs> or you know no no person allowed on earth or you know uh, you know or, or dead people, you know. So what they did was instead of just putting signs, they put words so that people can understand that there shouldn't be any crossing on the streets of EDSA. So they found a way. Walang tawiran, kamamatay. Nananakot na. For those of you who are foreigners, it means, you know, don't cross. Nakamamatay. Okay? Uh, it kills. Okay? You can die. Okay. Something like that. So it's a threat already. Wag ka tumawin, And yet, what do you see? People trying to cross EDSA and doing patintero and doing cha-cha, you know? And then they'll try to cross the fence and run for their lives. So MMDA found another way. They changed it again. Bawal tumawid, may namatay na dito. No crossing. Somebody died here already. Yeah, English. But guess what? people are still ignoring the law. So I found another sign. This is the latest sign. Shundi I don't know what this means, but somehow, <laughs> you gotta be creative in communicating the law to the Filipino people. Now I don't know where that sign came from, but I think we get the point. Two extremes. One extreme is legalism, the other extreme is licentiousness. And definitely there is a balance in between. And I want to talk about three evidences of God's you know, God's grace that we will find in Titus chapter two. Okay, are you ready for this? Okay, very quickly. Number one, okay, what grace brought to us is what? Salvation. You know, we're familiar with this, and you know, I don't need to, bel- to belabor, but you know, just in case there are some of you who are here who have yet to understand what salvation is all about. Now, we're going to talk about this, okay? This is found in verse 11 of Titus chapter 2. It says, For the grace of God that brings what? Salvation. salvation. What brings salvation? Grace, not the law. You can't have salvation by obeying the law. It's the grace of God. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now when you talk about salvation, salvation is solely by the grace of God through Christ. There's no other way. So this is exclusive. And people are saying, I don't want Christianity because it's an exclusive religion. Actually, everybody's invited. It has appeared to all men. But there's only one way. And what is that way? Through Christ alone. That's why, if you're familiar with the three solas, actually there are five, okay? But the three solas that we. Uh, not the iced tea, okay? You know, you, you can find, you know, sola, sola gracia. Okay? What does that mean? Grace alone. Sola Christos. Through Christ alone. Sola fide. Through faith alone. And you can actually, you know, when you talk about the salvation that we have in the Lord, you can only be saved by grace through the finished work of Christ and by believing in that finished work through faith that's why an anchor verse for this uh, for salvation is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 right it says what for it is by grace there you go it is by grace it starts with grace you maintain your salvation by grace you finish your salvation by grace. Look at the person beside you. And tell that person, wag ka mag Hindi pa tapos si Lord. Yeah. tatapos ka rin niya. In yung... Inagi, ano? You know? For it is by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. And what is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the certainty of things not seen. Now, how many of you have seen Jesus actually die on the cross physically? We've heard about the story, we read it in our Bible, but we haven't seen it. How many of you have been to Jerusalem to see and witness that day 2,000 years ago? How many of you are are 2,000 years old? (laughs) None of us have seen that. And yet, why do you believe that? By faith. Right? By faith. We know that He did it. We know it's not just a part of history. We know it's a reality. There's a there's a truth to that. Okay? And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one, everybody say no one. So that no one can boast. Okay? Now just to give us a quick grace test. Okay, I'm gonna give you three options. I want you to tell me how do you get saved? Okay? How is salvation attained? Letter A Grace Plus works equals salvation. Kasi di ba sabi ni James? Di ba? Without works, faith is dead. Or letter B, grace minus works equals salvation. Or letter C, grace equals salvation plus works. Okay, now how many of you would say it's letter A? How do you get saved? It's letter A. Grace plus works equals salvation. All right. How many of you would say it's letter B? Grace minus works equals salvation. Okay. Now, how many of you will say it's letter C? Grace equals salvation plus works. Okay. Now, how many of you say, "Pastor, hindi ko alam." <laughs> now the answer is letter C. Okay. Letter C, it's grace equals salvation. And then, when you get saved, that's when you do good works. You don't do good works in order to be saved, you do good works after. Okay? As a f- proof, as an evidence of your salvation. Okay? Now, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9, did that just end there? We talked about the, the, the grace that gives salvation for us, and yet, the verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to what? To do good works. There you go. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Yes, we are saved, not based on the merit of our works. But now that we're saved, out of gratitude to what Jesus has done, we now serve Him with our lives. It's all or nothing. That's what the destiny of God for each and every one of us is which God prepared for us in advance to do going back to verse 11 it says for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men okay is salvation exclusively just for you who are here attending victory alabang no diba? it's actually offered to everybody you know there's you know going back, you know salvation is only found through Christ alone through the finished work of Christ. You know, even if you are attending Victory Alabang for 10 years, guess what? It's not automatic that you will go to heaven. We cannot bring you to heaven. The only way we can bring you is to the fourth floor of Festival Mall. That's the farthest we can go. And then dito lang <laughs> tayo. But your faith and the grace of God will bring you there, not us. It's not by being affiliated with victory. It's not about knowing Pastor Sunny or Pastor Jonathan or Pastor Jansen. It's not about, you know, having, you know, buddy-buddy with your victory group leader. Close kami niyan. Pagdating ng rapture, kasama ako sa kanya, kasama sa kanya. Sa, you know. <laughs> Salvation is offered to everyone. Inclusive. All is invited. But my question is, will everybody get saved? Maybe not, because though it's offered to everyone, some people will simply reject the gift that God wants to give them. And there's a very familiar verse for us: John chapter three, verse sixteen. How many of you memorize this? Diba, for God so loved the world that He gave His only what? Begotten Son, hindi basta basta, begotten. Be in si lord, di ba? <laughs> Hindi lang basta basta. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever. Whoever believes in him. There's no pre-qualification, there's no discrimination, whoever. It's for everybody. But you have gotta receive the gift. There's a big difference between the common grace. Versus saving grace. How many of you are familiar with common grace? Common grace is the grace given to everybody. It's given to both believers and unbelievers. You will find that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. He lets the sun go up and shine on both the evil and the good. And he lets the rain fall down on both the righteous and the unrighteous. How many of you experienced rain this afternoon? Can you please raise your hand? Did you just experience the rain on your house? Tapos yung neighbor mong unbeliever walang ulan? <laughs> the rain is all over. It's common grace. As long as you are here on earth, you are we are enjoying the common grace of God. But the moment you talk about saving grace, saving grace only works for the believers and this is your ticket to heaven. Common grace is no longer in heaven because, you know, that's good on earth. Anyway, Let's move on. This is what grace taught. Consecration. Everybody say consecration. Now, when you talk about consecration, basically, we look at the verse on uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 12, and it says, It teaches us to say no. Everybody say no. No "No to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives In this present age. Now, how many of you have actually said no to people? Yes. Yes, Yes, I said no. (laughs) I mean, how many of you sometimes have a hard time saying no? Yes. See? I told you. (laughs) No, but when you talk about the grace of God, a grace is the one that teaches us. You know, this word teach basically comes from the word... Uh, to disciple. Or, you know, the original meaning of this is to train up a child. As in to educate, to instruct, to cause one to learn, to mold the character of others by discipline. Now, how many of you have children? We teach our children basic stuff. We teach them how to, you know, eat. Or we teach them how to go to the bathroom. We teach them how to clean up. That's basic discipline. And the grace of God is kind of like that. The grace of God teaches us to say no to compromise, the grace of God teaches us to say no to lust. The grace of God teaches us to say no to cheating. The grace of God teaches us to say no to adultery. Okay, so when when you when the sinful nature tries to tempt or when the, when the devil tries to tempt you, okay, uh, to compromise in your office, what do you do? Very simple. Just say no. Practice. Okay, yun. Again. No. no. Again. No. no. Yun. mo. No. <laughs> Unahan mo siya. You know what? If you have an office mate, that morning, mo. Okay? You fought with your wife, you go to the office, and you notice, you know, this office mate that you've had in the other department, and somehow, this office mate approached you, she knows you're a Christian, and she said, Can you counsel me? Because I'm having some problem with my husband. And you said, "Uh, Well, I don't have the time right now. And she insists, You know, maybe later we can go to my house. I can prepare dinner. And it's just the two of us. You can counsel me. What do you say? Let me think about it. No! Because some people are now trying to think, okay, uh, what excuse can I give my wife so that I don't have to go to dinner on time? Guess what? That's already a compromise. So what do you say in that situation? You say, no, sorry, I'm not available. You know the reason why some people woke up the next day and they said, what happened? pastor i just woke up with this girl you know what guess what before you woke up you slept before you slept you did something and before you did something there were some signs and warning for you to actually get out of that situation because you know yes you know it's not like the movies you know in the movie at least you have some warning right you know, in the movie, if there's a scene of a compromise, you'd actually hear some music already. I mean, you you hear that in the music as the background, and so you know exactly. Oh, What? what? No, 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 no. But in real life, there's nobody playing. How do we keep the music playing? There's no one playing the music. And it's up for you to hear the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The grace of God that is in you is able to help you to say what? No. Practice again. What? No. See how simple it is? So tomorrow when you wake up in the morning, you go to your office, and your boss sees you, you're late! I be like, no. Get behind me. No, no, no. I think you get the point. And yes, God saved us, not by works. And we can never maintain our salvation by works. It's all by the grace of God. And this grace is the one that enables us. To say no to sin and yes to God. And when you talk about consecration, consecration begins with denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. It's saying no. That's that's the one side of the coin. Consecration also is saying yes. It says yes to a self-controlled, upright, and godly life in this present age. So, when you talk about consecration, when you talk about the grace of God working in our life, it gives us the ability to say no to sin, no to compromise, and yes to God. Diba? And sometimes, it's hard for us to say no. Especially, you know, parang, ayaw nating mapahiya yung, you know, yung nag i sa I'd rather say no and offend people than compromise my standards. Hello? Pastor, kawawa naman siya, bakama stumble. I might not be able to invite her to church anymore. Guess what? Let not you invite her to church. Another person will invite her to church. Lest you stumble and you know, and go for it. Or maybe if you receive a call from your from your uh, from your daughter, you know, who's got a project late at night You're doing work in the office, and you, dad, you know. I need some bond paper for my project tomorrow. And you realize, Sarado na National Bookstore. So you go to the copy room, and you get three rims of bond paper. <laughs> Solid, no? Shocks. I mean, there are different scenarios. You know, one of our pastors was talking to a local official somewhere in the south. And this local official was saying, you know what? I don't want bribery. In fact, I don't ask money from people. They just give me. <laughs> Hello? ka naman. Di ba? You know, in, in those cases, what do you do? No. You say no to sin, say no to compromise, and yes to God. My last point, we need to land this. What grace sought is purification. Purification. You know, this is what God wants. Yes, He's consecrated us for His purpose. But He also wants to purify us so that we can honor Him in every way. In uh, in verse 13, it says, while we wait for the blessed hope. What's the blessed hope here? The blessed hope is being being conformed into the image and likeness of, of Christ. Now, how many of you know that God is working in your heart every single day? Right? God is molding us more and more into His image. God uses our situation. God uses our trials. God uses our blessings. Sometimes blessings can be a test. And you can you know you can actually look at your life and say, Lord, what will you do? You know, there's you know back in the '80s, I think you know there's this popular slogan that says, "What would Jesus do?" You know, you're in a situation and you would ask, what would Jesus do in this situation? Guess what? That's the whole point. The whole point is, ultimately, we will all be like Christ. Look at the person beside you. Lord? Malapit na, di ba? We will all be like Christ. The And also, the blessed hope is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, maybe some of you are into running or into marathons. How many of you have tried running in a race, a marathon race, at least 3K? Please raise your hand. At least 3K, 3 kilometers. Okay, you know, By the way, there's going to be real life this November. Okay, We're going to be announcing it in a couple of weeks. Okay, Real life run in the 4th. Now, can you imagine with me for a moment, if you're running the race, whether 3K, 5K, 10K, or 21K, in the middle of the race, there's a temptation to give up. How many of you felt that already? Parang half palang ayoko na and especially if you have cramps, di ba? You know, either you run, you walk, whatever you do, it's it's stiff, di ba? I mean, you try that, you, you drag Gatorade, you you know, you just want to crawl to the finish line. But guess what? If you're about three. You know, 300 meters away from the finish line. How many of you know that you're almost there? The moment you see the finish line, no matter what you feel, you will stand up and sprint and cross the finish line with a sprint. You know why? Saying yung photo op. Okay, No, because the finish line basically motivates us. That we're there. We've finished the race. Guess what? That's the ultimate goal. Jesus is coming back soon. How many of you know Jesus is coming back soon? Nobody knows when He's coming back, pero malapit na. Pero hindi pa. Pero malapit na. Pero hindi pa talaga. Pero yan na, malapit na. And you know, when He comes back, the Bible says, you know, It's going to be like the days of Moses. People are eating and drinking and marrying, just minding their own business. And He will come like a thief of the night. When you least expect it, He will come. The least we can do as a people is to be ready for His coming. Amen. How many single people do we have in this place? Please raise your hand. And you're hoping to be married someday. It's kind of like that. We're waiting for that big day, that wedding day. And you know, for your... For you singles, what if you got engaged and you've set the date? You know what? If you're engaged and you have a date and you know you, you wouldn't mind fasting so that you can save up for the big day, right? You wouldn't mind not eating so you can fit in your ground gown. You know? Kailangan size zero. Diba? And you'll do that. You'll You'll, you'll not eat. You'll deny some stuff. No matter how good that cake is. No matter how good that ice cream is. So no matter how good that seasick is. No matter how good the food is. Guess what? You're focused on the price. One day, I'm going to be the best bride. I'm going to look good. I'm going to be a feature on the bridal magazine. Diba? Guess what? We are the bride of Christ. One day, Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Verse 14, He gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. And this is our destiny. Our destiny is ultimately to glorify God. Yes, we started this race by the grace of God. We're maintaining this grace, I mean this race, by His grace, and we're going to finish this course by His grace. It's all by the grace of God. God's grace enables us to live pure and holy lives. Sometimes it seems unachievable. Parang, wow, ako holy? Ooh, di ba? Parang, you couldn't understand, you know, you being a holy person, and yet it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit working in you. It's the grace of God, you know, given to you, so that you can live an enabled life, a life that is pleasing to the Master. I want to end with the Scripture, Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. Can we all read this out loud, all together? One, two, three. And God is able to make what all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God's grace is amazing. It enables us to do what we're called to do. To please God, to honor Him in our lives. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. Learn more practical insights on such essential biblical truths by joining a Victory Group today. Inquire at the Concierge or in our website at www.victoryalabang.org or just drop us a line in our Facebook